Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. Now, I've been doing these for a little while and I have been doing these in a video format. Usually you'll see a poster wall behind me. This time I'm trying out a different background. This is actually my desk and the place I create and all that stuff. And I'm doing that for a very specific reason. Two things have happened to... Me and I suspect many of you. One thing, almost certainly, but two things, very possibly. And so two things are, first, of course, a new Zelda game came out. A new, the next Breath of the Wild came out. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. This thing has taken over the internet, and that that I am no different. I have been playing it kind of incessantly. I've been taking a break to clean and do some stuff the day I'm recording this, which is day before it comes out, so if you're watching this, on Sunday, that day. But it's pretty likely that I might spend all of Sunday just playing that game. Um, but the other thing that happened that was really interesting to me was the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse came out. And I went to see that literally opening night I mean, sure I take it, it's all the nine yard. It's really nice that like movies don't do the 12 o'clock thing anymore because you can go see a movie at a normal time. I mean, I know, I know I'm an old, but going to see a movie like at the stroke of midnight seems a little, seems a little much. But I, nevertheless, I went to see it last Friday, um, actually last Thursday, because yesterday was Friday. But in in me recording this, but if you know anything about the, about the first movie um, about Spider Man into the Spider Verse, first off, if you haven't seen it, it is worth your time. It doesn't matter if you're an anime fan or of fan of animation or a fan of cinema or a fan of Marvel or whatever. It is worth your time to see this movie. It is. It is an incredible tour de force of what is capable when you kind of take the training wheels off of a whole creative team and let them run, let them figure out exactly what they want something to be for a full year before they start making it. And if you don't have no idea about the production like process of the first of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. They took a full year to like develop a look for that film. And that has now been expanded and expanded upon for the second one. Between the kind of creative tour de force of the Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse movie that just released, that if you are interested in seeing it, it is worth your time. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it here because it it's it's more fun to go into it and just see it for it. But it I the one thing I will say is one of the few movies in a while. And this includes things like the Mario movie, which I also went to see, where I about halfway through the film, I was like, 
I can't wait to watch this on a smaller screen because I know I'm missing things. Like I know that there will be a kind of infinite replayable replay value, rewatch value of this thing because I know I'm missing stuff. Like I, I know that there's something that's not that's like in the corner of my eye that I'm not noticing because I'm paying attention to something else and that I'm missing little things here and there. And it would be so much fun to go back into that thing on a smaller screen and be like, Oh, it's not just spider horse in this shot. It's like 900 other things, but the kind of creative port of force of the team behind the spider verse movies now movies and the kind of way that Tears of the Kingdom has just kind of taken the internet by storm said something really interesting to me. And I talked about this um, when the first Spider-Verse came out. So I thought it was appropriate that I talk about it now. But the thing that Tears of the Kingdom added in really was something that I suspect the developers of Breath of the Wild and now Tears of the Kingdom saw happening in the end game stages of the original Breath of the Wild. And that is the sheer like ability to create things, the creative like mind working with stuff that they the 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 developers probably knew you could do, but they didn't but Nobody knows exactly what people are going to do when they give you a bunch of parts and say interact with these. They have some idea. They have ideas of what things are designed for, but they don't have an idea of exactly what stuff is going to be used for. So give you an example. A thing that people were doing in in Breath of the Wild at the very end there was they were finding platforms and they were going and farming the Octorok, the like squid guys who sit in the ground and shoot rocks at you. But those little balloons are function like hot air balloons in the original game and also in um, Tears of the Kingdom. And they were making floating platforms to like go do stuff in the sky because they could. Go like catch one of the dragons because they could. And Lo and behold, that's a whole facet of the new game. And so this like creativity has kind of almost done an Ouroboros move and started to feed itself and consume itself constantly. The the really vibrant style of the first spite of the first Spider Verse movie has evolved and been built upon to do things like if you if you go see this movie by the way spoiler alert for this for the spider verse movie on this on this one level if you go see this movie the opening of the movie looks like nothing looks nothing like the opening of the first movie you are not dumped into a world that you super recognize you're dumped into a world that you'll understand but not that you recognize visually. And then the next visual switch you see is from that style, which I'm not going to describe, to a different style to, that I'm not to describe. And then they introduce at some point a character who has its own whole vibe. And his own whole vibe 
It's like, what if magazine cutout style punk rock album covers in the style of the Sex Pistols with just a person is the way I would describe this one character. And he's his own whole vibe until he just says, screw it, and like straight up leaves for a number of plot reasons. But my point here is that, like, and you see this all, and the reason why I'm talking about this is because this has to do with animation, this has to do with anime, this has to do with the animation industry, because the, the ties to anime that not only Spider-Verse has, but certainly Zelda has, are really evident, and when the first Spider-Verse came out, it took the Japanese anime industry, like, by the throat and shook it for a thought for that year. People were just, everybody in animation was just kind of deeply stunned that they pulled this off, that someone that someone said yes to this and said go was already stunning, but that they executed it to such a high degree and the creative process was so was allowed to be so kind of like free ranging for exactly what they were looking for and they got there. And I don't know if you've been following the um writer strike stuff. Um but there's a writer strike going on and I I didn't know much about it. I know that writer strikes happen occasionally, but one of the things the writer strikes is function is functionally about is this thing called mini rooms, which is they, the way that people write streaming series are much different from the way you would write a traditional television series. And the more I heard about the like mini rooms concept, which you can um, go look up certainly by yourself, there's information out there. The more I kind of thought was like, that's, that's awfully controlled and if you look at shows that have been huge prestigious things, generally they avoid those kinds of things. And it's not necessarily only because they want to like appease the unions or anything like that. It's because there's really value to the creative process of getting a whole bunch of creative thinkers in a room and letting them just have a good sync for like a while. Just letting them like kind of spiral out in a room for couple days and seeing what comes out of it and seeing what comes out of it seeing what people do when they are given the freedom to really explore everything and really be confident that their ideas might make it and not that their ideas are being judged for whether it's you know cost-effective, or any of this other stuff. One of the things the most fun to me about the Spider-Verse film, and also Breath of the Wild, is that you never feel like they did something for cost. And Breath of the Wild, the, the, um, this is a great, um, the, the, one, the, the, the technically first temple, the wind temple, and the ending cutscene for that takes place in almost this like zen garden sand pit 
this wall raked into shapes and stuff. And they made sure that it feels real. They made sure that it feels, it doesn't feel like a flat texture. And that has always been true of the Zelda franchise. They've always tried to like, for its time, Ocarina of Time looks amazing. For its time, so does um, Wind Waker was such an odd break because everybody's like, it looks like a cartoon. And then eventually everybody was like, it looks like a cartoon. And this embracing of creativity and of influence and of borrowing and stealing from other properties, especially in something like Spider-Verse or Zelda, is part of the creative like process. And I think it's really valuable, especially now when you have so much about all the generative AI stuff, like, and I've, I've used a lot of generative AI things just to like poke at it and know what's there. So like something like Stable Diffusion or um, Mid Journey or Chat GPT, what that's doing is it's taking things and it's why the little idiosyncratic problems happen is it's taking things and it's yeah it's it's collaging it's not creating anything wholly new it's not it, there's no real interpretation happening it's following a set of directions given to it to go shopping for different for even if it's different pixels for just different little for different pieces from across big swaths of content that other people have made that combined with the predicament that the streaming that streaming has found itself in and I want to be really specific here streaming like a lot of other tech things has come up against the problem of it is not growing at the rate it once was because so many people already have it. So it's trying to figure, so all these streaming services are trying to figure out how they can either make more money or make any money at all. Um, there's a concept in the tech world that's like, I think the best way to put it is probably like pre-profitability, meaning it's before you make any money at something. And so many of the, so many tech products in general, not just streaming networks, are under the false assumption that they can just flip a switch and they can just make money. The only one that really did this in a great way was Amazon. Like Amazon, at one, at some point, they're like, well, we're profitable. Like they, they had enough market share, they had enough of everything, and they just decided to make a profit starting from one year. And hilariously, once they started to make a profit, they started to have problems. <laughs> but now things like Netflix and like even Amazon video even Amazon video, things like 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 now Mac formerly HBO Max, 
they're all trying to to divorce themselves from having to spend so much money to make so much money. The reason why there's nine zillion bad reality TV shows on Netflix is because those are super cheap to produce and they get eyeballs. The reason why, part of the reason why David Dadloff, the now the owner of of Time Warner Discover of um, Warner Media Discovery and now Mac, cut all the stuff from HBO and uh, like big when when he went through with a meat cleaver and just destroyed half of the just removed half of the animated series off of Netflix was because he wasn't interested in what those creations meant to people and what that cre- and what that creativity provided of value to the viewer he was interested in it doesn't get this amount of eyeballs so it's not worth so it is losing us money instead of making us money the thing that you really feel in both Tears of the Kingdom and Across the Spider-Verse is that they made the they made choices for the good of the thing they were making because they wanted to make this thing. And did they know that somebody would like it? Absolutely. But also they had the confidence to say, no, like we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna go get a like stock texture for this, that, and the other thing. We're going to take the time, make the texture, do the thing. You know, we're we're not going to cheap out and do cheaper animation here. We're going the whole the whole now that we have the range, the whole of Spider-Verse has scenes all throughout it that feel maybe not as impactful as the um, upside down building diving scene, but very close, like very close. And that ranges from action scenes to just quiet moments between character scenes. And that creativity is really valuable. And Part of the reason why we are all anime fans is because anime as a medium has valued has valued creativity and been a place for like say a cranky old man obsessed with war machinery and the environment to come and like tell stories if you can't tell I'm talking about Hayao Miyazaki. I know that sounds weird, but Go watch, go watch Kingdom of Dreams of Madness and tell me that's not the man I described. Um, maybe add smoking and wear an apron into that and you're right there. And I think it's important to value this stuff. I think it's important to consider that when you're done watching something, what kind, what kind of creativity went into that thing and have a value there because it's so it's so easy to produce the other stuff and the other stuff will always be produced because it's cheap and it there's a there's my local fire alarm but it's 
it's not that people don't want to watch the cool creative thing. It's that oftentimes it's not presented in the same place as the like just kind of like flop or the or the not flop but like the cheaply produced reality TV stuff. And it's it's not like there's no value in that stuff, but it's a different kind of value. It's a different kind of muscle being stretched by the people making it. And that stuff doesn't get made without the creative class to go out and get that to to go to go out and build a cast for that show. So, for example, Ink Master doesn't get made if nobody's thinking creatively to creatively enough to be an illustrator at the level that you need to be to then do it with a violently vibrating needle and put it on somebody's skin. You know, cooking is in the same directions oftentimes. There was for like the briefest of moments, a reality show, I think it was called like Neck, The Neck Great Artist. And it was about producing art. It was weird and didn't work for a number of reasons. So it only really had two seasons, but it was interesting. Um, Face Off is the closest thing to it. The special effect makeup thing, the special effect makeup um, reality show, competition show. So there is value in that stuff. And there is value in showcasing creativity and using that format to showcase creativity. But, and this is something that young creative, that young hustle culture doesn't get oftentimes. Is that just because somebody's watching something, just because somebody bought something, just because somebody took something doesn't mean they wanted it. It means that it was given to them and that person didn't either realize or feel like they had a choice to say no. In seeing what's out there, in seeing like that both Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse and Chip and Joanna Gaines can exist maybe on the same streaming platform someday that gives people a real range. And the same person might watch both. But the value and creativity and effort put into something like Across the Spider-Verse or Tears of the Kingdom is has much different motivations and much... higher goals for its audience than something like Fixer Upper or, you know, House Hunters International. Once again, not anything wrong with those shows. I watched those shows. Everybody watches those shows. But I can guarantee you when I'm done watching Fixer Upper or when, if I'm done watching House Hunters International, I don't feel as good as when I pull something off in Zelda or when I came out of the first time when I came out of the movie for Across the Spider-Verse. I felt elated at the end of that movie. And it's it's the real reason why I talked about the first time 
and why I talk about it, I believe, in the context of, you know, money in the creative industries. And on that note, if you like this podcast, uh, if you like this podcast or YouTube videos, you can subscribe by ringing the bell and um, subscribing to the channel. If you want to subscribe to the podcast and not just the YouTube channel, there will be a link in the description below to that as well as the Instagram where I put up announcements of new episodes and all that other jazz. And with that said, my name has been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio Sunday Edition. I will talk to you on Thursday.